0: had raptor issues on the marmot grounds the, there was a, a pair of eagles that was hunting the area
1: he thought it was some kind of gesture I guess because he stretched up right and they touched noses
0: I
2: got that shot too I was pretty excited
1: I don't want to hear about it and we've had a lot on this trip I mean we've had coyote pups we've had the wolves we've had black bears We've had grizzly bears We've had uh, bull elk and velvet, we've had a bull moose and velvet, we had the cow and calf moose. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. This is our final episode wrapping up our amazing trip to the Canadian Rocky Mountains and we have a lot of fun summaries of wildlife encounters to share with you tonight. Before doing that, I just want to remind all of our great listeners out there that no matter what platform you're on, Please feel free to follow and subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll receive notifications when our newest podcasts are posted and be able to follow along very easily that way. Also, please feel free to show us some love if you enjoy these podcasts, which we certainly hope you do. And give us five stars or a thumbs up to allow us to continue to do what we love here and and sharing our information, our adventures, our trips these stories as well as our hacks as far as gear suggestions and tips of all sorts with our adventures that we do as professional wildlife photographers. So tonight we have Michael Morrow, Ron Hayes, Missy McKenzie, and Mark Raycroft, myself, that's me, here to wrap up our trip. We are going to summarize the last few days of our trip because we've had a mixed bag of events and weather that we've dealt with and it's been a great final three days uh, a lot of different animals that you'll hear about over the this podcast and uh, exciting opportunities to film both for still photography and video have been successful and uh, we can start with the yeah, Thursday morning was beautiful we had sun cresting the mountains and we found a magnificent grizzly boar
0: very large boar. large yeah. boar,
1: and he's kind of a unique animal. Um, I've had the good fortune of photographing him for four years now, and he has grown considerably in that time and is now a dominant boar in this area. And on this morning, it was he, he gave some great expressions in great light, and so it was a wonderful but brief photo shoot. You know, we only saw him for a few minutes, and to be truthful, I only... only probably got four images, but they were very striking because of how he posed and very alert ears forward. This time of year, they're either heads down frequently uh, following scent of sows that are in heat or munching on fresh greenery like dandelions, like mad. But in this case, uh, he looked up a few times and gave great expression. So it was a fun photo shoot on Thursday morning.
0: Yeah, he initially had kind of vanished on us. I think you got one shot in in good light and then he started to move up the ridgeline and and kinda disappeared. Mm. Came back and uh found him bedded just briefly. I don't he wasn't sleeping. I think he probably just laid down to eat. Right. And uh
1: So this was along a back road and we were able to slowly move along with him yeah. parallel and then you'd notice he'd bedded, but then he came back out uh Enough that yeah. you were able to get... I did not get any images of him at that time, but you did, I
0: think. Yep. Um, when he when he got back up, I was able to get in position to to get at least some light on him. Or get Actually, there wasn't any light, but he moved completely into shadow, which the even light allowed me to adjust for that. And yeah, we were able to... It was an
1: exciting start to the day. Just yeah, to have such a magnificent animal in front of us
3: it was yep. a good morning <laughs> <laughs> i don't we didn't shoot that though did we missy i don't think so we were no. down looking for a sow and a cuba right? you had. Yeah, that's right
1: you had gone further down to another another cut line another clearing and, and we're looking there but that was all we had that morning i mean we kept looking and uh then i mean another reason we're summarizing this trip the last three days in this in this podcast is because we have been going nonstop. it has been an incredible trip for weather so, you know, often you'll get a rain day when you have a nine- or ten-day trip, or you'll have a lot more harsh light days. But we've had a lot of variable weather, so we've been able to go for the majority of the time searching for animals, and we have found such a diversity of wildlife on this trip that we've been going almost nonstop. The day length is very long in June, this time of year, this far north, so we're getting, you know, far less sleep than we're used to. I can speak for myself anyway that way.
0: No, I will... Second that.
1: I will third that.
0: <laughs> Fourth.
1: But why not? We're well, here. Well, why do
3: you paint a picture of a day? It's just because. Beautiful. Okay. I don't know that we've done well, it. Well, no, I, I don't think
1: so. I've heard other people's alarms going off before mine. <laughs> I set mine for five after six. and But really, it's just a matter of Even putting, though we're supposed to be oh, sorry, up but,
0: and moving at six <laughs>
1: right. o'clock. But you know what? <laughs> I, uh, to be truthful, my alarm is usually shut off before it rings. So I hear somebody up. I'll get up, and it takes me minutes to get ready, because I just throw on my boots and my coat and grab my backpack with my camera and my computer. I take my laptop because if we end up in some remote area, I can, and if it turns out to be harsh light, you know aside from the possibility which hasn't really occurred for us to have a nap, I would have the opportunity to work on my laptop. My point is, I'm out of here fast, as we all right. are. yeah
3: right? We have our: right. we have our Well, reusable- it's your responsibility. So if you want a shower then you better set up your alarm to get up early, even earlier. Or, or than late the night before either way. So my alarm is 5:56. Oh, that's so different than six Oh five. But then I have a backup at six Oh six. Oh, there we go. We're pretty close to the yeah. same page there. Yeah. All right. High so five. that's probably the multiple alarms that you're hearing is the, it's all good. I'm ready to go. i we're here <laughs> for
1: such a short period of time and have such an opportunity that you know, I'm ready.
3: We'll and finish painting the
1: picture to. of the day because I think right. that'll put a. Okay, so then we have a variety of directions we can travel because where we are is remote wilderness. is uh, it's, We're surrounded by mountains and and forests, and we can go in any direction and and possibly find wildlife to photograph. And over all these years of that I've been here filming, and and Mike and Missy have as well. We know certain areas to go for certain species, or at least a better chance of it. We can encounter, we get surprised sometimes, a grizzly might be where we expect black bears or moose. Um, but if we want to find elk calves, there's certain places that we would try right now, or bull elk and velvet versus the bears. So we decide, based on what we want to do, or what we, we hope to photograph that day, which direction to go that morning. And really, we just have to go with the flow of the day. If we find something, we end up filming it. It might be for minutes, it might be for an hour if for we're that fortunate.
3: You want it to be an hour.
1: Always, yeah, you but do. a lot of times it's just minutes. So if we get on a bear, you know, sometimes, like I was alluding to earlier, maybe the bear is feeding on dandelions. And for me, I can use a couple pictures of that, but it's not what I'm looking for. It's, you know, it, um, what I would like is to get images that make it feel like bear country. So I love it when we get them on these rock escarpments and they're coming through the spruce trees and their claws are on the rocks and it just resonates bear country to me when I see them in that. And that's what I hope for. But if we have an hour with an animal, there's a chance that even if it starts in the dandelions, it forages and snacks away like mad. I don't know. Let's say it eats 695 dandelions and then heads Specific. into... Well, I've been I've been counting. <laughs> so not really then it heads into the timber and if we get that opportunity to catch it at the edge of the timber which doesn't happen all the time because they just walk and do their thing and say goodbye so long it's not like they're looking around but sometimes sometimes they do and we well get and that then image. you don't
3: want them heading in because then it's just a butt shot so really they got to be either going well, from same. one spot to another and then you got to be able to predict that
1: absolutely and go get yeah.
3: set up it's like oh i think it's going to go this way, and then you got to predict kind of. Well, it looks like it probably might come over that rock assortment, or it might. It's we do a that constant every like shoot. You're yeah. you're always looking ahead to see. It happened tonight. It did happen tonight, and tonight
1: was incredible and super cool, and I can't wait to close this podcast on right. tonight. Right, I won't. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, that was a nice surprise right. for the last night of the. Of our team being all together here, that was, a, uh, in my opinion, a great finale. Be just because of the species, I do have a little bit of affinity for that species.
2: <laughs> what What is that? Hmm. Hmm.
1: Moose. Oh, jeez! Wow! It wasn't just. It wasn't Did you just hear that. that snort. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> These microphones are great. They get everything. <laughs> Thank you for that. They're worth the investment. They do a good job, though. So you're right. We have to predict where the animals go. Right. and it's far better to have an animal approaching for both still photography and video than it is going away I do have to say like some like this big chocolate covered grizzly yesterday morning he was so broad across the back or sorry Thursday morning and he does have a robust back end but it's not going to sell many well if pictures. you could
3: get him turn around looking over his
1: back sure. at you that'd be right. awesome right? right but
3: see that's all those are all the situations that you got to kind of just be ready for just
1: be ready opportunistic because we cannot control this outcome in any way with these animals so the one thing we can do is if we see them in a heading in a direction it's a a clear morning we try to get ahead of them in in good light and try to get them coming toward us but again we don't know how long those photo shoots will last so sometimes we get an hour sometimes we get far less and then we have we simply pack our gear up and whether it's a hike we did a hike today it was a lot of fun you know, or whether we get back in the vehicles and drive to another location and, and glass again hope to find a different animal. So you still got to finish the day. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's the next step. You go okay. look again, right? You relocate. Right. So we do that, and sometimes we may look for minutes, sometimes it may be hours before finding something. And it might be something like a hoary marmot or a spruce grouse or
3: a moose or an elk or another bear. But by then, too, you're dealing with light. So your light is oftentimes in the middle of the day Really bad, but unless you have overcast skies, which we have had, which then really cut into your nap time. (laughs) Over
0: yeah, the overcast we. It's been overcast pretty much the entire trip, Say maybe one day. Yeah. So the days have been extended, or the shooting times have been extended, animal movement's been extended, and so yeah, nap time has gone away, unfortunately.
3: Which then speaks to the remainder of the day.
1: You're really making me finish this up here. Okay, and the remainder of the day. Well, we're we, like
3: 10 minutes into
1: a day. We have. That's not 10 minutes because we've looked for an animal. We found an animal. We photographed an animal. No, I mean an we're animal. 10 minutes into the recording. Sorry. Oh, we've got lots, lots of information <laughs> tonight. Um, so then, you know, we'll sit down somewhere. We'll find a, a nice riverside or a vista and, and have lunch talk about the morning, or we'll do a podcast. And something I've been really enjoying doing on this trip as the first time I've been able to do this is all these short stories. With the gimbal that I have with my smartphone, I can go along and summarize in a minute or two what we've had happen. Right. And we're going to put the images or video over top of some of that discussion. And it's been a lot of fun because I can walk along with this gimbal through the forest or along the river or along this mountainside. And so you can see watching it it'll be on youtube and links to our website um you can see where we've been and what we've filmed and we've had some really cool encounters in, with with yeah, various yeah. wildlife behaviorally that will be highlighted in these short stories so that's another thing that i've enjoyed doing when there is downtime between subjects that we've which found. also cuts into nap time yeah i've got to make those short stories cuz it helps it helps engage our listeners and they, it's like you know I, part of this podcast is you know for the past 20 some years when I, as a professional wildlife ph- photographer, whenever I get home, family and friends say, what did you see? Or where are you going next? Or they want to hear the story. So I'm delighted that our podcast will so easily share that with people now. Right. And these short stories will be such an engaging way to do that because you can look on YouTube, you can watch it. And there will be so many from a trip. You know, There might be uh, 15 from this trip and they're only a minute or two long but they'll summarize a lot of great behavior or the encounter we've had so i'm really hoping for our listeners you know they'll go and watch these clips and so that they'll feel you know and, and see what we see and enjoy that and uh um, and, it, and it's uh it's been a lot of fun adding that element to this trip so at midday we we reset you know we get together we'll have lunch we'll talk about the morning well, you know, if there's enough time, we'll download our memory cards, you know, charge a battery. And we can do that with vehicles, you know, plugging into the vehicle. And um, we'll do that. And then we'll plan the afternoon, you know, based on the weather, based uh, in the morning. So if, if something's happened in the morning that was really exciting, you know, we might want to look to that for the afternoon. If we, uh, or we may want to go in a totally different direction. And so we do. It's a matter of whether we're driving somewhere else or hiking somewhere else and look for other animals. And that really consumes the rest of the day, right to the point where you think you're going to have dinner or something. But no, it's it's 10 p.m. because it's still light out. And then we have a snack. And there's no, you know, it's really no point in having a big meal because we're going to bed. And so we have a bit of a meal and go to bed and reset. But like I said, it was... forgot. What?
0: podcast. Yes, that's true. After and the meal,
1: we do a podcast. So tonight, bed about midnight. Yep. Yeah, true. Yeah, we we've we have managed to fit in a few podcasts through the day when we've had an opportunity, but wanting to do as many as we can on these trips to share this information while it's fresh. Um, you know, we do try to do one every night that way, and and that does shorten the night too. But uh, again, these trips for me. I
3: love these trips. They're so much fun. Right. You guys are great. And this friends. is not a complaining session at all. It's it's. Yeah, I mean we're all excited to do this. I mean it is yeah. long and grueling, and it's hard to wake up in the morning, but it's what we, we all signed love. Up it. For right, it's it's the game. It's what we do. Right.
1: <laughs> right, and and again, it's a limited amount of time. So if the weather's good, we want to maximize it. And there's a lot of animal activity in springtime for all these species. So, and to be honest. No matter how tired i am once i engage in a photo shoot something's happening the interaction time doesn't matter it's all what's in front of us so um yeah it, i don't feel tired at all when i'm photographing you know and then there's that little laughter right you kind of decompress and you think about what happened, the adrenaline, the fun of no matter what we were photographing. You know, there was a golden mantled ground squirrel that was <laughs> helping Ron, coaching Ron with his camera. And, and uh, it was a great, humorous little video clip that you folks will love. It's so funny. It climbed up around his back on his shoulder. And you just, we never know what's going to happen. So there's all these excitement, these little adrenaline moments. But when we finish and, and relax a bit, and reassess and figure out what we're going to do next. Then that's when the fatigue comes in on a trip like this and you've got to persist through it. And that's where our team is great because somebody comes up with an idea or maybe one of us has more energy and kind of carries us through this little lull and off we go again. On a 10-day trip, there's it's a marathon if if it's perfect weather like we've had. Right. you know, And that's unusual. I, I think every other spring trip that I've done, there have been at least two days out of 10 that would be pouring rain for half the day and we'd have an opportunity to catch up on some sleep and some rest.
3: Well, yeah, and it'd be doing in the morning where you don't even have to get out of bed. You could hear the rain falling right. so hard right. that you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. And you roll over and you sleep. You know, as
1: much as we want to be out there, that does, that thought and that celebration does happen because of how tired we are. But it's, it's worth it in the end, you know, and I'll right. go home and rest up for a couple of days. And, and like
3: know. I say, I don't want it to be a, well, I'm not complaining a bit. No. It's just... It no, is.
2: but it paints a good picture for a lot of people because they think that a lot of people don't realize what it takes or how many hours. It's not like we just go out, oh, there's a bear, take a picture, boom, nailed it, perfect picture. I mean, you can take thousands of pictures before you get that one picture that is the perfect picture, and it might not just be in one day. It might take the whole week before we get one picture that we really like. So I don't think a lot of people realize how many hours it takes to get that picture that they are, that, you know, that attracts them.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Mr. So I have a question based on that. So on this trip, if you were just to quickly think about the 10 days, how many pictures just off the top of your head would you be like, I just love it. These were highlight pictures from the trip. If you're saying all thousand, of them, oh, come no. on. Yeah. Well, that's good. I love that. <laughs> no, answer. I'm I love kidding. it. Just kidding.
2: You no, know, s- seriously, I think I probably got maybe just phenomenal. Five, five good ones.
1: See? So, yeah, and I, you know, all right, I won't say what I was going to say, but um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's good, right? Because we take lots, and there's the exposure, there's the animal movement. I was going to say 10 or 12 for the trip kind of thing, the kind of pictures that I'm so excited to get edited and promote, right? We've I'm- got lots of... I'm pictures, excited, yeah. I'm
2: excited to look at. I haven't really have got to than, look at. You have
1: more than five. I can tell you. you have more probably. Than five. Yes, but, absolutely. What about you, Ron? But that's true. Just that is that I, kind of ratio.
0: Yeah, I think I'm in that five to ten, maybe fifteen range. I mean the the cub interaction that we've had. Some of the shots that came out of that are that. That's just opportunities. I mean, we've seen. Well, we haven't. I guess seen. We've. Yeah, we have. We've seen three sets of triplets.
1: That's that's all, a record. All black bears. That's a record. And so thanks another, for bringing the luck, man.
0: There's another set of triplets that's yeah. in the area that we haven't seen yet. Um, black bear yearling cubs right. that yeah. we've kind of heard about through the grapevine. Uh, but we haven't we haven't come across them yet. But we we have had some incredible opportunities with Cubs of the Year. I, and I've
1: never seen that on trips no, that many. No, I mean
0: all the trips to Yellowstone that I've made, you just, it doesn't happen. And so the opportunities that have presented themselves, I think brought that number up a little bit. And then there's been a couple that just, um, in the area that we're in, old growth forest, moss, it's just, it gives that kind of eerie, deep woods feeling. And and it allows for a little bit more dramatic image and and I think that's what makes a good print when when it's time to go that route and we've had that opportunity as well we've had quite a bit I think when we get back and start editing
1: I know you know the, this ratio we're talking about these are like highlight real pictures yeah, these, that we will be excited are about for years prints
0: type of thing yeah
1: but you know, easily there'll be forty or fifty images that we're really excited about. Oh, for about. sure. I mean we go yeah. back to the wolves. Even that scene with the wolves along along, along the, the river. river. Yeah. With that habitat. I mean, that's up there. And uh yeah, there have been a lot of opportunities with all kinds of
2: Somebody likes know. marmots, I got a ton of those.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I got fun. a
2: yeah, they were so much fun to watch and everything that I got. I pretty much emptied a card on just the marmots. <laughs>
1: Well, they're 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 a lot of fun to shoot. I just can't help you know. I just can't help but feeling like I'm in Caddyshack watching those dudes running around. Right. Hearing the music, they're just these great little characters, and they're popping up. This is this, is this whole big rock face, boulders. There's like a thousand boulders there, and it's like, and I, this is, it's like whack a mole, right? Yeah, the game. Yeah. It is Although like whack a mole. But we're doing it with a camera with these guys, and sometimes they pop up in a rock, and they're. 10 feet in front of us, and then other times they're 50 yards away. And it's like, where are they popping up next? Hey, they're over there. It's just, and some of the rocks are different colors and different textures. And, and mm-hmm. you know, today one popped up with the river behind it yeah, right on top. Perfect. That was cool. Yeah. Well, they had a
2: couple down. young ones in there, and I think they almost enjoyed having their picture taken because it was like they would pose. Maybe for Oh, you. what? Yeah. Do you like the left side? Oh, okay. Right side. I and they would just
0: literally have three frames, and it was left profile center right profile <laughs> three back-to-back frames
2: yeah it was like he was in a photo shoot or something or he knew he was in a photo shoot <laughs> right so but,
0: that, yeah
1: that's for the the marmot lover that you find that's the triple canvas for the wall <laughs> right,
3: <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah so anybody that is a marmot lover why don't you contact us because ron's got it covered well absolutely
1: well they're fun and you know and that kind of photo shoot is a, is a good break too you know it's it's kind of it's more it relaxed than fun shoot because you're not we respect bears tremendously and they are super intelligent and so much fun to observe but you you know it's a different situation And photographing marmots is fun yeah it's and that's pure, pure that's fun
0: a fun part about and the advantageous part about coming to a place with this kind of biodiversity you you can have kind of a species of opportunity you've got your target species of course that you travel for but the opportunistic um animals that they just show up and give you give you a look and so it's it's fun to get some of that as well
1: yes yeah it, it it breaks it up for sure and so let's continue on with Thursday and let our listeners know what we found next it was in the early evening that I Ron and I were traveling along a remote road and we found a black bear boar it was a unique-looking individual. He was, he was a mature boar, so very handsome, photogenic, but he had a very tan muzzle. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to be able to film him for about thirty
0: minutes. And and uh, he was he was kind of a poser as well. He he would give us some give us some different looks. Yep, yeah, as he was went through the vegetation, kind of almost facial expressions.
1: Well, he was yeah. in full mating mode, right? Yeah, and he was not with us, but as far as his interest in who we wear we were far enough away we didn't get into that into that into that part of his head that okay. way he wasn't thinking of us that way but <laughs> but why i say that he was he was scent marking all along he was stomping yeah. he was walking over shrubbery leaving his scent and he was he was also standing up and rubbing against trees
0: yeah and he actually yeah he scent marked and he was a you know you you got to everybody should go online and watch mark's demo of scent marking because he kind of explains this bear. He's one of those that pulls the pulls the boughs over his head, and he's trying to reach up and bite everything, so it was tough to get it, an image of him that had a clean shot of his face or eyes. But he did. He sent Mark twice within about 100 yards, and once was on a pretty mature tree. He was yeah. looking for love. He yeah. was definitely yeah. looking for love. So it
1: was fun to observe him that way. But when they sent Mark like that, it is... Honestly, I mean, if, if I was to just throw a number out there, it's probably one in eight or ten times that we observe that. And we and we don't—maybe we've only observed it 15 times on this trip, but only one in eight or ten that, that the boar does it in a location that we can get a good image.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And there's it's when the bear stands up and scent marks on the tree where it looks like he's scratching his back— He'll stick his head up, so you're looking at his chin for part of it, and he'll tip his side to side so you can't see his eyes. It's only when he's just about to finish that he brings his head forward and for about not even a second looks straight ahead before he drops back down to all fours. That's a really our opportunity to get that kind of, well, it's an iconic image. It's one of my favorite to capture of, of black bears or
3: grizzlies. And um, it's almost impossible to get on video with the camera I use. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a little handheld video camera right. that was autofocus you could probably do it but having to set up a tripod and having manual focus and you just there's trying just, to
0: predict where that's gonna yeah
3: yeah there's just no way i mean it could happen for sure if you
0: it's tough I it's
3: mean, fast because if, it, if that was your goal only goal for this whole trip and that you didn't care about anything else anytime you found a bore that was it you might be able to do it but trying to be opportunistic with it when you see a boar it's almost impossible
1: yeah it's a challenge and you don't know when they're going to do it you, know, you can see them walking along and there's certain trees certain spruce trees that are certain height you know maybe 10 feet tall or 12 feet tall that they tend to do it against but you're ready you're ready and they just walk past again and, again and again and all of a sudden they stop at one and they may or may not do it but then they slowly back up and it's on Right. You know, you have to be so ready, and it's a question of whether you have a shooting lane to photograph them through the vegetation or not, and what you can Complete. capture. So it's, it's one of the most challenging Im- images to get, because as wildlife photographers, I mean, that's, we have to be fast. We have to have our camera settings fast, we have to have the composition fast, and predict the behavior. But this is one of those scenarios that's just at the very cutting edge of that, because it's hard to predict, and uh, happens so quickly. So it's a bit of a scramble.
0: Yeah. It's going to get easier when I hit the lottery and we can get that gimbal.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, now that would change the game because <laughs> if you could move with the bear and you had a gimbal, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that would only work in situations where you had a road, but Yeah. that would be um, unbelievable. So when Ron and
1: I were with this photogenic black bear bore and we had to shoot was 20 30 minutes. The two of you were down further down this road when this boar came out, so you weren't with him, but you had a photo shoot that I was very excited to see unfold for you, Michael,
3: especially with
1: the video that evening.
3: Finally, yeah, with the video, we finally had an opportunity. That, that was epic. and it speaks to what we're talking about. We came across a sow with three cubs. This was a cinnamon, but they were, yeah, cinnamon sow with three cubs of the year, so itty bitty little cubs but they were kind of stopped in one area. So it's not like you got a bear that's on the move that's looking for a mate. You got a mama bear who's taking care of these cubs, and they pretty much stay in one little area. And when that situation happens, then I can set up a camera and actually get, you know, pick and choose my shots. And then if mama's feeding and the little ones are out, chances are the little ones aren't feeding. They're just messing around you know they're fighting with each other they're trying to figure out how to pull up a rock or they're just doing bare things that little bears do and and it's all in one spot so the opportunities are awesome so yeah we were able to do that i don't know probably an hour maybe not quite an hour yeah but
0: even with as good as the opportunity was for you to be able to get those cubs playing it got even better because you had them i mean typically there'd be one off playing somewhere and and maybe two wrestling and then you know one of them will take off you had them all three in one frame for several sequences
3: yeah it's so fun to watch too because there'll be there'll be two of them playing and one will be just be sitting there and the other one of the two that's playing will run over and tackle the one that wasn't playing and then all three of them are in it and it, it's just non-stop fun action
2: yeah and it's actually i think um a little rare to see when you have three. When you have three cubs, usually two always play, and there's always one left out. But these three, they all played. They were all wrestling, and I didn't notice a cub being left out at all. Where Before, where we have watched other cubs, there's always one cub that the others, like, pick on. and um, Like a runt. Yeah, like a runt. And this didn't happen this time. They were all messing around playing with each other it was so much fun to watch
1: and great to film with video and i was so excited yeah, to so get for that video. it's that's one of the most challenging things to, to to capture as a still photographer because they move so fast and there's so much vegetation and in this location thankfully the grass was in a situation where
3: they were hidden behind grass or debris well and even the shrubs were smaller too so you, yeah. you it's a higher had elevation. A opportunity to
2: Yeah, but those little boogers, they are fast, because a lot of times, I've had a hard time finding them in my um, camera, yeah, in my viewfinder, because I'm like, where'd they go? And they're so tiny, too, so it's like chasing them around. My camera was doing circles a couple times, and finally, I'm like, I'm just going to (laughs) watch.
1: It's they're tough. They're they're one of the hardest things to get a great image of. You know, when they climb into a tree or something, it's a little easier because at some point they peek around and look, and if you catch that, then it's good. But on the ground, when they're running and playing, you know, as we talked about on an earlier podcast on this trip, it's one of those times where you just blast away and take lots and hope to catch that sequence where the little paws up or there's and the catch lights in the eye because there's so many that you just can't. So and that's the benefit of digital take lots in this situation and then you know if you take 375 they're going to be 15 where that stuff happens you know it's just yeah
2: yeah i did get one photo that was funny it was the back of the bear so you don't see his face but it was pretty cute he was climbing up this huge boulder and his little leg barely reached, so his two front paws were on the top of the rock, and his other leg was stretched out as far as it could stretch out. And I didn't think he was going to make it up the rock, but he did. It was pretty cute.
3: <laughs> They're great climbers, fearless little guys. So that was a great way to end Thursday. You know the one. The worst thing about that? The bugs. Oh, that night. That there was were incredible. Lots I mean, of mosquitoes, yeah. And it's so hard to focus and concentrate when you have, I mean, I saw, well, Missy, you went over and put some spray on.
2: I was being swarmed. I had so many bites on my hands that my one knuckles are just swollen. It looks like I punched somebody because I have all these bites on my knuckles.
3: I just bring it up because it was just incredible. I mean, I had to wear a glad you did, yeah. Because it, it's part there's of just this. no way, yeah, and it's part of the deal, right? In the evenings, you know, it's at this time of year, mornings
1: are generally ho- cool, cool enough, enough that budding insects like mosquitoes aren't out there. But evenings,
3: it can be a factor. And yeah. And they're it, relentless.
2: Mm. It's crazy.
3: I would have wore a bug net if I had one. Yeah, same. And then my video camera has a an air intake and an air output, Uh-oh. so it cools the inside of the camera. And then I start worrying about bugs getting sucked in and then getting jammed I, I heard of a guy who actually was shooting the same camera they didn't think about this and they were in a buggy area it actually shut the camera down they didn't realize how many bugs were getting sucked in there And when they and the camera quit so they didn't have it for the rest of their trip and when they sent the camera in the the company was like well here's your problem and when they opened it up it was just a pile of bugs
0: turned your hundred thousand dollar video camera into a bug zapper yeah <laughs> and in, and
3: basically, it cost. They had to pay to repair it because it wasn't just bugs. It fried all the inside electronics because it got so hot. So it is a factor, and that's just about everywhere you go in the north. Really, in the summertime, you're just going to deal with bugs, unless you're into September, October, then you don't have to worry about it. But that was one of the things. It was you have to be on point. You have to watch for all this stuff. You're trying to get these pictures, but then you got this whole other element of these bugs that are just bugging you to death right it was just crazy not that big of a deal but it was it's a factor the most we had it's a
1: factor and that that was the worst night for them for
3: sure yep
1: so that was thursday so that was a good day (laughs) and friday morning we started out same kind of thing because the weather was good we were out at 6 a.m and uh, we found we were fortunate to find another grizzly boar who was different but equally magnificent and, and so to have two mornings in a row to have an opportunity to film a mature grizzly was phenomenal and and truly uh uh we're fortunate to have that this boar was in great habitat and it, to me this is as what i discussed earlier it felt like grizzly country because he was coming through these spruce trees on this ridgeline and rocks and his claws and it just it just matched his presence yep right
0: and initially, when we first found him, he, it was a bit of a challenge, so you kind of had to switch gears. There was no way, based on where the bear was and based on the fact that you're dealing with you know, a mature boar, there's no way you could move to get on the right side of the light um, just because of the, the situation so you had to kind of switch gears and and think about some different things and it was a cool morning you could see the steam of his breath and so switch gears and now you're shooting for more of a rim light he was he was kind of backlit and they've got those you know the big hump and the guard hairs on the on their back and it kind of makes for a a dramatic rim light opportunity and i don't know that i got one with his breath but you could definitely once in a while when he'd after he'd move and warmed up a little bit and then he'd exhale before he started to eat again and you could kind of catch that breath i'm not sure if i caught that but you know definitely was able to to get the rim light and you know not in the best situation but it was good when he he did have walking along there yeah yeah, get the
1: hump and uh, i think there's some potential and and that's the kind of thing you know and on a
0: make the best of what you got yeah
1: i mean it'd be potentially dramatic for print or if there's a, a project that requires a, a lot of images to illustrate what the world of Bears is like, you know, there's a place for that and yeah, that was a good start that was a fun start to the day but
0: but then he, yeah, he then, moved into some incredible yeah. spots.
1: Yeah, it was, it was still shaded by the mountain uh, but it was good, even light and again, on, on trips like this, it just, that's one of the images that will be hopefully one of the highlights that I'll cherish for years to come because it felt like big grizzly country, and, and it was. Yeah. But he, the image ca- captured that, I believe, when he was walking across that.
0: Well, before he walked into that opening with that iconic, you know, like you're talking about where you can see the nice big claws, he just laid down and had a nap.
1: That's true. Uh, and,
0: <laughs> he yeah, had fed for a while.
1: and We had that opportunity. And so I guess like in the storyline about this bear, I got ahead of this our, our Myself, because that's how we kind of finished with him. But right before that, on this ridge line, he laid down and, and fell asleep. And it was amazing because his front paws were there, and you could see these magnificent claws, and he put his head down right, on the on claws. His claws, claws yeah. And he was, he was a long ways off with our telephotos. There was no issue that way. Um, but he looked our direction. So it was a great composition for a sleeping bear. And what I also liked is at times you could see his back paw pads because yeah. it was kind of tipped yeah. and so we and he slept for how long would you say
0: boy i don't even know 45 45 minutes. minutes to an hour right. yeah
1: and then he got up and continued along this ridge and that's what gave us the images yeah. that that i'm very excited about now i have a i have a tip a gear hack that ties into this <laughs> particular photo shoot so
0: an unfortunate to yeah. a
1: degree, it was unfortunate, and yeah, I still have a little bit of energy about this, so I'm using the Nikon two to five hundred. For
0: the U.S. Yeah. listeners, a little bit of energy means I'm I'm still a little bit upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit upset about how this unfolded,
1: despite my ecstasy about this image that we were able to collect. I just I'm so excited about it. But what happened here was, so I'm shooting the Nikon D850. Camera on the two to five hundred millimeter lens. The combination I'm really enjoying for this type of photography, for the wildlife photography of these large megafauna that I'm drawn to. Perfect setup for me right now. I have two XQD cards for this camera. Now, the XQD cards are a relatively new card that's a faster card for the Nikon cameras. And both of those memory cards were full because I've been here for quite a while. And I hadn't got to download them because we've had so much fun. So I switched in an SD card, and with the SD card, it functions differently. It captures images just fine, of course, but on the XQD, I can hold the button down on this 45 megapixel camera and just keep shooting. The buffer never becomes an issue with the XQD card. On the SD card, this boar got up and started walking along this ridgeline, and I shot about 10 frames, and then my camera decided to have a nap because its buffer was full, because it was writing to the SD card. At that point, you know, I didn't necessarily have words with my camera. It was more words about this SD card, and I learned my lesson. So as this bear, uh, it was only a few minutes that he walked along this ridge to present this opportunity, and I captured I looked at it at the end of the shoot, because I wanted to know how many images I was actually able to capture. There were 42 images, and now if I was shooting on my XQD card, the two minutes he walked along this ridge, I would have probably shot 250 images because there was so much movement. I want to get that paw movement coming forward. I want to see the claws. I want to get the catch light. I want some expression. His head may move right or left. And then there's narrow windows between these spruce trees on this ridge that might be five feet. And he goes between them. I, and I would capture 15 for every time he walked through one of these half dozen openings that we were able to capture. So it really compromised the, the quantity of images i was able to capture that morning was disappointing so my hack my tip for all of you is if you're using one of the new dslrs that does allow for an xqd card it's worth investing a little more in the xqd cards versus the sd because it will not um, get caught up in your buffer in the same way and compromise these when it's a special situation and you want to blast away and capture as many images quickly to make sure you can capture that rare moment so i learned my lesson that morning and actually that night my xqd cards were downloaded and ready to roll and that's all all that's and backed up um and that's all that will be put in this d850 from
3: this day forward well here's the other thing with that though so you got the xqd cards right and you're going to keep them you're going to keep shooting on those cards and if you had big enough cards, then you might be able to go through a whole trip and never, never fill those cards up. And that's the dream scenario, right? You back it up on a hard drive. You put it on an additional hard drive. And if you can always leave them on your card, that's great because then that means you have three copies, right? But in that situation where you had where you have to go to an SD card, here's, here's another part to the lesson. Is buy the best SD card you can. Do not go to Costco and say, oh, this Ultra SD will do the trick. No, it won't because it can't, it's not as much of the buffer as it is the write speed. So that card has to be written to it at such a fast rate. Right. Get the best you can. If you can, now we got one for Missy's camera that is a higher write speed to the SD card. So I would, we'd have to test it. But I bet you could have got 80. Or a hundred images on that SD card, as compared to the SD cards that you're using. Well, they were the fastest I could get back in the time a couple of years exactly. ago. Exactly. And right? then that's just my point is I think yeah, you want to stay on top of that kind of stuff because those situations are always going to happen, and you just you could err on the side of well, I'm not going to get 250, but you might have got a hundred, you know, if you'd had a little faster card.
1: Sure. And that and that could have worked, I guess. What, what I've noticed with this big file size for this camera is I've never had a buffer issue when you're shooting an XQD card. So these SDs were the fastest when I did purchase them, and maybe they're dated now. I haven't checked because it's not typically the format I write to anymore. Um, I have no hesitation picking up a couple more XQD cards to make sure I have enough if I don't get around to downloading but it's just it was so noticeable to me because I've been impressed because this camera writes big files which I love and that never has the XQD card I can hold that button down and I've never had the buffer shut down and this buffer shut down so quickly with the SD so it's just something I noticed. And so for people who have the option to shoot with or to write to an XQD card, I highly recommend that.
3: No, I always say do that because with the Canon, it's the CFast, fast and you want to go to the CFast cards always. Something else too, the XQD cards with the 850 compared
1: to what I had on the D4S, it's a new generation of XQD card. So the first version that I had on the D4S was not compatible with the 850. So I had to get new cards for that, which is fine. Oh, really? They're faster. Yep. Um... As well. So, good point. So pay attention to that gear, because when these opportunities present themselves, you want to be able to capture as many images as possible to make it work and, and go home happy.
3: <laughs>
1: and I will be. And not frustrated. I, you know, because, of course, with digital, we can look at the back of the camera and high five, we got it. You know, but thankfully, in those 40 images, there were a few that had the right position of the, of the paws and the right look on the bear, and everything worked out and I was nervous about that just because of that limitation on quantity versus what I would have preferred to shoot. So that was a good day because <laughs> because <laughs> because of that magnificent bear. And then we go on to today. That's that was what I had for Friday. Oh no, I'm sorry. There was one other photo shoot in the afternoon. Was it? Yeah, with this grizzly sow with a 3-year-old cub. And we had interaction with them. Um, they were probably a few miles away from where we found this boar. And it was in the afternoon versus the morning. And Ron really liked the images you got because there was an interaction between the cell and the cub.
0: Yeah, it, it's one of those behavior things that you just, you continue to observe. And um, they were spooked. There was a, a rescue helicopter that flew over the area that we were at who knows where they were headed um but when the rescue helicopter came over these bears were feeding and pretty docile and then all of a sudden they were both on the run and uh they went up into the tree line and kind of popped back out and the i don't know it's hard it's hard to say but it was almost like the sow was kind of comforting the cub the cub was came out of the tree line and was, was facing out, and the sow kind of just went, was behind him, or her, and put her head right over the back of the cub, and it was just, you know, the the light was great, got catch light in both their eyes. It was it was just an awesome shot. The
1: comforting interaction between a mother yeah. and
0: offspring, that way to reassure the offspring, even though it was three years old. Even, the, yeah.
1: But again, it's such a strange sound probably to them,
0: right? mm-hmm. to... So yeah, it that was uh, that was one of the images that I'll take back and will probably Is that the, be on that, my wall. Or, that's a highlight one. That's one of Good. yes, Good. that's definitely one of them.
1: So I, I I I might have got that image. I'm not sure yet. Um, I hope to have before that opportunity when they were feeding in this opening on these dandelions i was really not able to get any images myself because there were all these tall strands of grass these white lines going across the bears and these bears have a lot of dark in their coat and so for me that's visually distracting so i enjoyed watching them but didn't take many images but when i spoke to michael about video you said you actually like that, so I, I want to take a moment and just have you elaborate on on why you like that scenario. Well,
3: I think in a still image that those dead pieces of grass mm-hmm. are distracting, right? Because it's just one solid image, and when you look at it, you just all you see is the white lines. But I'm shooting movement, right? So it just is taller grass, and, and I want movement. swaying in the breeze. I want the swaying. I want them kind of moving the head through it. And it just works for video for me. Nice. We'll see. I mean, I haven't looked at that footage yet, but no, I like
1: it. That yeah. makes sense.
3: It does. It was it was a good way to go.
1: And um, yeah, so that was the afternoon, and that was a fun way to finish to see that yeah,
3: kind of good, interaction, good night. To observe that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So then we'll go to today, final day that we're all together. Tomorrow we're going to have the morning. On sunday so our fingers are crossed you know we're still hoping for the lynx and and we heard today i don't know if you, that uh somebody did see a lynx and a kitten today a kitten? yep really so
3: you guys are holding out
1: in an in an area where uh there are elk calves too so who knows not that it's just a, another opportunity where we could potentially find an elk calf because we haven't had that on this trip But, you know, we still have our fingers crossed tomorrow that a lynx might present itself to one of us somewhere, somehow. But today was our last full day together. And it started out this morning where I was having a lot of fun with the Osmo, doing these short story clips, um, wrapping up some of the experiences we've had and talking about animal behavior in these great vistas and settings here in the northern Rockies. And then we went back and had some fun with the marmots today. And the river background, and they were there was something going on. There was compared to the other day, there was a lot of chirping going on, and it was hilarious to listen to some of the little alarm calls going on on, on the rock side on the hillside. It was
3: it was entertaining because it was just different direction. Woo, woo over here. <laughs> well, we figured they were loud. Out, we figured out why they were doing that.
0: Yeah, we had raptor issues on the marmot grounds. The, there was a, a pair of eagles that was hunting the area, and they were flying along the river. And they had perched not far from where, from the rock slide where the marmots were at. And Mike got some stunning video. I think that's, it's going to, it's going to turn out great um, with a, a takeoff. And then uh, I, I think we got some great still images as well. Because that bird was perched and was preening for quite a while and then went back to kind of hunting the river and he gave us a couple opportunities actually he perched or took off and then perched kind of in a similar area so we were able to get some more shots so
3: yeah but that was definitely that whistle yeah that whistle was the minute they saw those birds whoo they were scared
1: and we had a fun hike related to that too right we hiked along that river and i was yeah. able to do some osmo stuff before we found the location that gave you that view through to get the slow-mo of that takeoff and once again you had that with your camera the pre-record which is a a game changer game changer for that kind of setup because you watch and you don't know when that bird's gonna
3: fly yeah so rather than just roll 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 and then have all this footage to go through you just put the pre-record on and
1: and i saw that footage and it's awesome
3: yeah. Yeah. It was And good. I can set it up to thirty seconds. I think in a previous podcast I said sixty seconds, but up to thirty seconds. So I had it set at twelve seconds and you know, that bird can be gone out of the frame and you can still hit record and it goes back and gets that previous twelve seconds.
1: Awesome technology. Oh, someday it's still probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> then this evening we went to a different area and we had a pretty cool experience to finish up the story of our trip in the rocky mountains at least as far as aside from our final morning tomorrow it was a great finish
0: pretty cool dual experience as it turned out well it's going to get
1: to that yeah but this part really was exciting for me so we we found a cow moose who had a newborn calf following her through the forest and this little spindly leg wobbly but could still move Stilt like creature following his mom around, such still a different kind of
3: like not dialed into everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It was that you could tell, I mean, curious, with all, all this about- still well, trying to check everything out.
1: You know, it was probably days old, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, so it was itty bitty. Everything's new, and he's just looking to mom for everything, every part of guidance. And it was tricky to get images of him because of the habitat, there's so much brush and he's you know three feet tall and not looking over all of it and and we just want to let her continue on her way as she foraged and thankfully eventually uh there were a couple of opportunities there one where she stopped and scratched herself with her hind hoof and at the same time he thought it was some kind of gesture i guess because he stretched up right and they touched noses
2: i got that shot too i was pretty excited
0: I don't want to hear about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody has the same vantage point and can get and get the window to get the image. So yeah, high outsmarted. five Missy, high five, we got it. Yeah, I smarted right. myself, not and that Missy a, got it. Not that it's a competition. I will celebrate every image that you get wrong that I don't. That's okay. And that happens on this trip. It's it's a round table and we all get images at times that nobody else does, yeah. just out of circumstance.
2: But this little guy was little because it there's a couple openings where the mom came through and I would get the shot of the mom thinking, okay, cubs, or that cub, I'm so used to doing bears. Okay, this little guy's next, you know, and he would cu- couldn't even see him. Right. You know, because he was his so... his little ear tips. Yeah, just mm-hmm. his little ear tips. And it's like, dang it.
1: Yeah, the willow shrubs were taller than he was. Yeah. So you really had to hope that they'd both go through an opening to see them. And, they'd, and then so after they touched noses, they relocated and moved along maybe another 40 yards. And as we just pivoted with them with our lenses, they did come to an opening where he was fully exposed. Yeah. I, you know. So the nose-touching image was super cute for me. But when he stood by himself, well, first it was with her beside, but then he was separated by another foot, let's say. and I was, So I was able to zoom in and get a couple images, and it just showed... The proportions of this Mm -hmm. newborn calf and these long thin thin legs and how he balances and just watching it move i mean the video would be great with the movement to see he's sturdy but but wobbly too yeah you can
3: not quite yeah it's not 100 so yeah
2: when i saw him jump over that um tree that was fallen he had a jump over that his mom went through right i was actually surprised i was like oh dear he's gonna go down
3: (laughs) So he get high-centered. Yeah,
2: but he got his little legs. He had to do like a double hop to get over it, but he got over it. It was pretty cute.
1: How fun is that, right? Such a newborn, beautiful little animal to be able to witness that. And so that was awesome for me to, to be near the end of our trip and have a special event like that. And yeah, I for think to he work was out. the
2: height. I think he only reached not even the top of his mom's legs. I mean, that's or how her, Like little... her belly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. I agree. So just enough to nurse, and that was that yeah. Because there was a, there was a couple times
2: I tried to get a shot of both of them, and I just wasn't at the right angle. Where she was so tall, I couldn't get him in it, or vice versa. So I had to choose. Mm-hmm. Of course, I chose. The you baby, being but. the
3: moose expert,
1: what would you like to know? But well, where's <laughs> this going?
3: <laughs> well. So you look in an Alaskan moose. Yes. And then the moose that are here in the Canadian Rockies. Right. How much difference in size? Is there a difference or no?
1: Oh, yes, there's a difference. There is. Yeah, but it's not huge. So, like are we
3: just talking what? Like how, what would be a good, are we talking inches? Like you might find a, a cow moose oh, no, in Alaska. They, well, it be, is. It, there's, there's
1: hundreds of pounds difference on the mature animals for sure there's if you were to put them side by side you you would know you would visually see the difference um the uh, Alice's alysis andersoni subspecies that inhabits the canadian rockies is, is the uh, second largest subspecies of most next to the alaska yukon okay and um the um, eastern moose is not much smaller and the Shirazi in the south is the smallest, which makes sense. They're in a warmer right. climate, right? So the there is a noticeable difference between them. But that being said, this this cow was definitely a fully mature female moose. She was big today. Well, air. that's what I was.
3: That's why I bring it up because when she came out into the area where there was not a lot of vegetation, where you could actually see the size. I mean, she just and I'm used to f- filming Alaskan moose, right? And I just know they're big she looked huge too right but i'm just thinking if she's that big and the alaskan moose are bigger i would love to be able to have some sort of comparison where you could see the two side by side because she was huge she was impressive a moose any
1: moose is a big animal right right right. especially when we're standing you know well we're not standing near them
3: but we have that perspective you know we're much much smaller than a moose but she looked just absolutely huge but you know it could be that that little itty bitty calf standing next to her that size difference is just amazing so you see that calf this fall it'll be a am- anybody that would see a calf now and see that same calf in the fall you are, it's amazing how big they get
1: they're they're the fastest growing land mammal i think in north
3: america really
1: yeah from for the first year of life that way Yep. So what you'll see in the fall is a very different animal. And 50% of moose calves make it through their first year,
3: one half, due to predation. Mostly predation. But it just so happens that the area she's at, there's not a lot of grizz. There's some black bears. Yeah, black bears are a, a
1: significant predator for calves. Uh, grizzlies will prey on any moose, given the opportunity, if it has an injury or is old or weak in any way, or calves as well. But
3: their primary predator are wolves, for moose in general. And the thing we talked about the other day, with there being a smaller population of wolves in this area f- currently, right. that bodes that, well for the calf. Yeah, that calf stands a chance.
0: It, yeah, it may lend itself to a little bit better recruitment year, Yeah, with the wolves being down. And talking with Eric, who we the first did months. on the
3: earlier podcast, I was talking to him earlier about it, and he said it's amazing to see the moose over the last five or six years. Oh, The yes. population here, because it crashed, right? Yeah. It just totally was almost over. gone because of wolves. Because of, a,
1: a yeah, the winter weather, um, deep snow and a crust, and, and wolves. Yeah, that happened uh, quite a few years ago, but it has taken many years to recover. Yeah, I'd filmed uh, moose up here before that had happened, and it was a great location in that high country to f- to find moose. And then for a long time, it wasn't worth looking; and there were so few and far between. But in the past three years or so, they're rebounding and doing well, um, and we'll hope that continues.
3: Which would speak to a lot more calves making it through that season, Absolutely. right? Yep. So they yep. don't they don't suffer from the predation as much. Right. There are a lot of black bears in that area, and the odd
1: grizzly that comes down from the high country. Um, so it depends. If the calf makes it through its first month, then the odds will be decent for it, given the wolf population currently isn't high up there. But we all accept and are the, the predator-prey prey fluctuations. I mean... We have no issues with wolves either that way no, in, no, no, in, in no, these no. wilderness areas. And it's nice to see both populations doing well. Um, at, but at this point in time, of course, in this in this vicinity, wolves are not doing well, you know, for a variety of circumstances. But so, yeah, this calf, you know, it's hard to say, but half of them make it, you know, that's uh, research across North America, no matter which subspecies we're talking about, about. Half make it through their first year, and then they have a significant chance of, Make it to maturity because they're a bigger animal at that point, and as long as they're healthy and don't have an injury or break a leg or get sick then, or an injury during the rut for bulls, that's a big deal for especially mature bulls right. that yeah you know, so they uh, have a good chance because they're such a big mammal if they're healthy to have a long long life as long as they stay healthy but that was a thrill that little dude was yeah, so it was, cute it and was cool i you know for First, while nothing was coming of it because he just was behind so much vegetation, and I was concerned we weren't going to get anything, cause, and that that's that happens,
0: all the time. It happens,
1: and and, <laughs> and thankfully there were two two limited opportunities where we were able to see him and get some images, and we we encourage all of you listening to go to the show notes on our website at wildandexposed.com to see these visuals that we're excited about and we're excited about showing you and sharing our adventures in these trips with you so please go there and have a look at your convenience because it'll be worth seeing it and it will finish the story you'll be able to see what we're talking about and why some of these images resonate so much to us why we're excited about them and we've had a lot on this trip I mean we've had coyote pups. We've had the wolves. We've had black bears. We've had grizzly bears. We've had uh, bull elk and velvet. We've had a bull moose and velvet. We had the cow and calf moose. Had the hoary marmots, as well. Uh, the bald eagles. Well,
2: while we were shooting the moose, we had the black bear. Right.
1: The and night. Right the night wasn't us. over. True.
2: <laughs> I mean, right there.
1: Right. So, I'm glad you. I'm as glad we, you brought that up. Yeah, see, we talk
0: about. Predation opportunities in the, within 100, 100 meters.
1: Yeah, she popped out, and,
0: and uh, it
1: was surprising to see. And it was kind of funny to to see so many little babies of these two species, right? So there's these three cubs of the year, following mom, black bear. At that point, the cow and calf moose had left. We had no longer had any, couldn't see them, and they were heading in, in a, the opposite direction from where we saw the black bear. And I don't think that she'll try to go after that calf with three cubs of the year i think if we if that was a boar black bear that that would be a different scenario but there's a chance i mean she could tree those cubs and and uh and try for the calf and there was a mountain river not far away that kind of buffered the area that but if the, if the cow moose followed the river she could just continue on but i think it would be too robust a river to really want to see that calf swim across right now in the spring and the way it's flowing. but So I don't expect her to try.
2: Well, I almost wondered if that's why the moose crossed mm, um, out of, out the of. first place because uh, of the bears.
1: Yeah, she crossed the clearing and went the other way. Yeah, And we hadn't seen the bear at that point, but it makes sense because she exited the opposite corner of the clearing.
3: Well, you know, there's so much stuff that we don't see back in the woods, right? Because we can only see so much area of the open areas that we photograph in. And when we first saw that cow moose, she was certainly intent on something in one direction. You remember when she just was looking and she just had this look and she just had this alert kind of pose? I wonder if she knew or smelled or, you know. Oh, probably. You know, and just knew something was up. Moose have a big nose and it is one of the best noses out there. Is it? Too. Yes, absolutely. So their yeah. olfactory senses are pretty awesome. Top notch. Yeah, so odds are
1: she knew that bear was in the area and and left to protect
3: her calf. That would be my guess. Yeah. And it makes sense because then, like Missy said, right away, you know, we're finished. We're all kind of like, that was cool seeing a moose. And then all of a sudden, there's a bear. Right. (laughs) Right in the same... I mean, we didn't even move, what, 20 yards.
2: But again, right after we got done photographing the bears... There was the moose again, so the moose wasn't that far away.
3: No, the
1: whole time. I mm-hmm. didn't see the moose again.
2: You we, guys we left. Must,
1: we, okay, yeah, we must have uh, headed back down the road, heading toward town again to get yep. back to the cabin. Because we were told it was time to go on podcast, The light was going down. so and we I wanted just, to squeeze the podcast in we before were, we passed out. We, we actually
2: fatigue. did not photograph them. Right. I, um, didn't, I didn't expect so.
1: It was dark or yeah. closer to it.
2: Yeah, we just noticed that. Um, we noticed through the trees. We're like, oh.
1: How far did she go then?
3: I'm curious. You know where we first found yeah. her? Yeah. She was right back there. Right there. Okay. All right. Interesting. And I think the bears went the other way. But they were all within, this whole time, they were all within 100 yards. If you t- made a 100-yard circle or a 100-meter circle.
2: Right. right there. They're yeah. all
3: in, you know, a so mama moose and a baby moose. And a mama bear and three baby bears are all sharing that same habitat.
1: So maybe somehow the the, the, the moose cow just knew that or perceived that the black bear wasn't going to be a threat. There's something going on, some pheromones or something that
3: we just couldn't perceive. And yeah, because she wasn't hightailing it out of there, but she also wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, she watchful. was aware. Yeah, very watchful. You know, earlier
1: in this trip, we had a black bear boar working along an edge of a clearing that was a mature boar, and we watched a mule deer, doe, and yearling, follow that bear for a while, watching it. Um... At a, you know just to keep an eye on it and it was interesting to observe that i wasn't able to get an image unfortunately with both species together i was hoping to line that up and then the mule deer kind of gave it a little bit of a breadth around the bear as it went up a ridge and they went on past but for a while it almost looked like they were following saying hey what are you going to do next we're watching you you know just to be sure of where the bear was it seemed so there's a lot well, of that in goes an on area in
3: like this with all the wildlife several bears you know i don't know i you said something earlier this week in the podcast where it'd be nice to count yeah, how many different bears we're seeing. And I've lost count. Right, exactly. <laughs> but there's so many bears. There's there's just so much wildlife. And you know there's interactions between all these different species all the time. Daily. You know, just going through the woods. And they're just alert in their own special ways, each one of them. And...
2: When we were talking about the bear cubs um, the other day and how... Um, there wasn't a runt in, in that group. In this group today that we saw, there is definitely a runt. Um, The sizes was amazing. If you actually stopped and look at your images, um, one of the, one of the cubs looks like he gets all the milk, you know, and the other one is tiny, you know, it's like three different sizes completely. Yeah, but one of them was a chubby little critter. I mean, he definitely hogs the milk. I think,
1: or perhaps there's something something wrong with the other cup and it's just not able to. Its metabolism is off. There's something causing it not to gain weight. You know, because with with could be with the, there's a there's a opportunity for milk for each of them right it's not like there's one true one i just source. so they should all get it so there could also be something wrong unfortunately with the code. yeah
2: and i didn't necessarily mean he was hugging all the milk it. but man well, he was fat little guy sure yeah, you're right <laughs> either you're that right. or he's already eaten all them dandelions <laughs> he's fat
1: but it was a good observation because that was very clear when he did look at the images that way compared to the other and a lot of them found.
2: usually look pretty close to looking a lot alike these three cubs had very distinctive characters. About, I mean, they all had different faces. One was really dark, black. One had a white nose, and the other one had a little bit of both. It was kind of cool to see them look so different because usually they all to look to what the we same. We talked
3: about right. So with the different boars mating, right, which still blows one. me away. I can't more. believe I didn't ever pick up on that ever before. So more than more than one sire for the for the litter to to uh,
1: maintain genetic diversity because they're such a slow reproducing species. So when a and a sow bears in heat, she'll mate with three or four different boars over that period of time. So usually the cubs aren't don't have the same father, just to have that genetic diversity because they only reproduce every two or three years. That's that crazy. It's survival. You know they're all different that way, and then maybe that's why one is much is larger. Too, you know it could have been that that uh the genetics from his from the boar
0: and it's yeah it speaks to the run to the litter i mean that's su- survival of the other cubs as well Un- it, it's unfortunate that probably all three of them the likelihood of all three of them making it to maturity is pretty slim
1: right it, it was given that they're so different already yeah the, and exactly. their first spring in, in size so yeah the run will have it's gonna uh, struggle
3: yeah well, all that being said, though, I mean, you watch him move; there didn't seem to be oh, any problems, yeah. right? Right, true. That little guy was keeping up with.
2: Well, they weren't pushing him out or anything. I mean, they weren't treating him like a runt at all. He just looked like the runt.
1: I
3: mean, oh, because he
2: was so much smaller. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is something, given how young they are.
2: But I did notice that all three of them were playing together too, down uh-huh. at the bottom of the ridge where they ended up going. Right. They were. They were all playing together, so.
1: Well, then it should be healthy, hopefully, right? If it's able to interact and play and keep up, you know, we'll hope it's fine.
3: It just makes you want to follow these bears for their whole first year, right? You know, if you could, it'd be so hard. Well, first of all, we'd have to have Ron win the lottery. (laughs) That would start the whole deal. And somehow we
0: would kick it off yeah it, it's it's
1: a lot of timber up here so it'd be, <laughs> it, yeah it, exactly. it's it, impossible it, it doesn't yeah but it's if you could it would be fun just to observe be. because they are so active, so playful, so interactive with one another and uh, you know I learned so much from wildlife just by watching the animals. there's so many things that with my limited senses as a human being I don't pick up on but when I'm with wildlife and I watch an animal it all of a sudden becomes alert and looks off in a different direction. then I see what it was looking at you know so it's fun just to to be there and 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 share space with these amazing animals so this trip has been great the weather's been great the diversity of wildlife's been great we've all been able to ca- capture good images and at different times with different animals and good video and and some unexpected species and con- content as well so and you're all such wonderful friends and great people to hang out with so i want to thank you for being part of this trip and helping make it happen the way it has and and doing this podcast together so we can share what we're doing as people and uh i'm delighted to do that and and especially with this this team so no, it's thank been you
3: awesome. Thank ca- you. Thank you for uh, being here for these 10 days. you gracious Canadian host. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for our next <laughs> next adventure. We'll have a lot of podcasts in the meantime and a lot of stories. I've got all kinds of ideas about gear and hacks and tips and and other adventures that will unfold for us. We do have another big trip planned at the end of the summer, a couple of months from now. The, um, like I said, there'll be a lot of content in between now and then for sure. Um to keep you up to speed with what's going on with our worlds of wildlife photography with what we're doing Um, but this trip will be another exciting one where we'll be in central Alaska and we will take all of you listeners along with us and try to share every aspect of it our experiences in the field our successes our failures our challenges our high fives and the wonderful animals that we see in the images and video we collect we look forward to sharing that Moose will be a big part of that trip, but you know, something that with my social media feeds and stuff, I think people love to see caribou too, so we're going to hopefully have some days where we're walking the tundra with caribou, and to be able to take people along and share that, both with the audio podcast, the short stories, and then the the links that we'll have for the visuals on the website at wildandexposed.com. So follow along, and we will have more and more exciting material to share with you as uh, our adventures in our careers unfold so thank you for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed this adventure in the north and from michael morrow ron hayes missy mckenzie and myself mark raycroft thanks for tuning in and get outside enjoy the great outdoors pick up a camera and have some fun cheers until next time